And we are now recording. So again, last uh, Tuesday, we dealt with with, uh, (coughs) verses 11 and 12 of James chapter 4. And uh, uh, it brought up the issue of uh, judgment and uh, what is uh, appropriate, what isn't appropriate. And we talked a little bit about that Thursday. And uh, in the midst of doing that on Thursday, um, there were still some questions. And we had a, a couple of people contact us, contact me. Uh, and uh, Tom was uh, one of them, Tom uh, um, Bach. And um, so I uh, <clears throat> decided that the easiest thing to do would be to write up a, a position paper from, uh, from Scripture. And primarily what you received uh, in the uh, email was a, 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 about a five pages of basically of Scripture. But what I tried to do with that is I tried to uh, put it into some kind of... Uh, of an order that at least I thought was appropriate. And uh, some of you might disagree and that's okay. Uh, so, and, and by the way, I don't believe this is actually everything that God has to say about judgment. It was just kind of cherry picking to help us understand, I think the process and what we, what God expects from each of us as we, uh, as we struggle with what do we do? What are, what is allowed? What's appropriate for us? When we uh, when we judge and when we don't judge, and so I thought we'd uh, we'd go through that again today, uh, just because I, I well I guess because I took all the time to put it together. Uh, what day did you send that? Yeah, I've sent it out twice. I sent it out on Friday, and then I sent on it out Friday. yesterday. I sent it out yesterday we again yesterday. on uh, the uh, the Zoom uh, email. So well, it's on the Zoom link. Not today's, but yesterday's. Oh. And um, so it's about five pages. Oh, it's hiding on the bottom. Okay, I don't know what yeah. called that. Yeah. All the attachments are always yeah. on the bottom of, my, of the emails, at least the ones that I sent. It's pretty sneaky. I don't always look down there. Okay. Yeah, there you go. It, there should be a little paper clip or something that indicates uh, whenever I, I put an attachment on. I have. Oh, when yeah. I do, when I do the uh, prayer requests, too. Um, and when I do the questions, for that matter. So um, what I wanted to do is I want to just kind of go through this. And then if you've got questions or comments, feel free to jump in. Um but I thought it would be helpful. And I thought that the story I started with was kind of appropriate uh, way of going, because I, I had preached a sermon a couple of several months ago. And, uh, I, and in, in there, I, I mentioned in passing that God is the judge and the ultimate judge of us. And uh, uh, that we need to be careful how we judge people, because our job is to witness, not to be the judge of where they stand, at least uh, spiritually. And he came up and challenged me, and I and you can see what I said there. I said, "Well, yeah, you're you're both you are you're right, and I'm right. We're told to judge, and we're also told not to judge." And so the question is, does the Bible contradict itself? And I don't believe it does. So um, I believe that what we have here is a clear indication that ultimately God is the judge over everything. God is the the best judge there is because He never gets it wrong. Anyone ever, anyone question that? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think God got it wrong once or twice, you know? Yeah, that's that's kind of my thought, too, on the subject. <laughs> God, God's probably pretty accurate with his judgments. 
Um, and so I, I give you a couple of passages there that talk about that. And, and this goes all the way back to um, um, Deut- even to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 17. It says, do not show partiality in judgment here, both small and great alike. And do not be afraid of any man, for judgment belongs to God. And bring me any cases that are too hard for you, and I'll, I'll hear them. So I think this is uh, an interesting perspective that God alone is the one who, who judges. And uh, that with that, uh, the next part is when it starts to get a little sticky, I think, and that is that God at times delegates the responsibility of judgment. Remember we talked about on Tuesday, we had on the board uh, that God alone has the right to judge. All At times God delegates responsibility. And then the third point that uh, from last Tuesday was that we often judge as, as believers, we often judge inappropriately. Um, and so I tried to flesh that out a little more as we go through here. Um, yeah. yeah. Do, do you mind if I just interject something? Absolutely. I go okay. right ahead. Well, Galatians 6. So there's yeah. another one that looks it looks at, at on face value that it's uh, uh, something that's contradictory until you dig in a little deeper. But it says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ in verse 6-2. But then in 6-5, it says, for every man shall bear his own burden. Mm-hmm. So... There's another example, but, you know, as you dig into it deeper, uh, both have applications, you know, or, or both are, it's not contradictory, even though yeah. it appears to be. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting that, you know, what when in Galatians there, what, you know, what, uh, in verse, especially in verse one, it says that we need to be real careful about it uh, because we often are, ourselves are tempted you know, and it, it goes back to, to uh, what uh, Jesus says in Matthew, you know, when you're going to judge somebody, make sure that you don't have this big old huge log in your eyes. You're trying to, you know, pull out the speck in somebody else's eye. And so be careful how we judge. And, and so it is easier to when people are struggling with a sin, you know, that's why we talk about having people come alongside you. Sometimes you need a someone to be... Um, a mentor or someone who can uh, somewhat hold you accountable, an accountability partner, just because sometimes when you're struggling with whatever the issue is, it's helpful to have someone you can go to and say, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this. How do I do this? You know, help me through this. At least help me to get my head back on straight. But yeah, in five, it does say, uh, carry the load. This is, um, um, the idea of this is like a backpack. Um, and uh, the other, uh, because, the, and the issue is that sometimes um, the burdens that we have are too heavy for one person. That's the, the issue there in, in verse two of Galatians six. Uh, that's why we're, we're told, you know, sometimes, yeah, the other day, I, I can tell you, remember I told you a couple of weeks ago, I had a freezer in my basement and I was trying to pull it out of the basement. As a kid, I had no problem pulling out freezers out of basements. I could do it, no sweat. Apparently, now that I'm older, for some strange reason, I don't seem to have the strength that I had when I was a kid. And um, I had to have a neighbor help me. And he and I didn't do a real good job the first attempt. And you remember I told you, I, I busted up a couple of my step. My I just retreaded my, my steps in oak. And... Um, um, so I'm replacing two treads now. I, I 
I've got them cut. I've got them stained. I've got a first coat of varnish on them. Hopefully today I'll get another coat of varnish on and hopefully by the weekend I'll have them reattached. But the process was, it was too much for us. I, I couldn't do it. And he, he barely, between the two of us, we barely could do it. In fact, as I said, we lost the, 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 uh, the freeze about three steps from the top and it went all the way down the stairs. Oh. We managed to get it out. But uh, the point is that sometimes it's too much for one person to do. As a kid, I pulled shit basements or freezers out of basements for my relatives all the time when they were moving, and it was no big deal. Today, I I am a, a, a shadow, apparently, of what I was, at least from a strength standpoint. I'm pretty sure if I turn sideways, I'm not a shadow. Um, but that's a whole other issue about uh, my weight. So, um, yeah. Are you? So, you know, yeah. I was going to say, are you judging yourself in love? Oh, yeah, I really love this. <laughs> Although I am down two pounds from yesterday, but that's just a matter of probably water weight, you know, so. <laughs> I think that's the crux of the whole problem anyhow, is that we're water weight? Infinitely, in, yeah, that's it. Oh. Yeah, that we're infinitely stuck on the details of, of judging and yeah. the yeah. outcome of the judgment instead of the actual, like you kind of, I think you went into the actions of it. And uh, I was kind of thinking about you know, when God delegates judgment to somebody else, I wonder why. And throughout the Bible, it's like examples of what to do and how to do it. And I'm wondering if he asks you to judge because you need to learn how to judge correctly. Well, that's an you know interesting I mean? perspective. That's not a bad, that's not a bad thought. Pretty good thought. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but since we're all sinners, who can judge correctly? Right, right. Yeah, well, you're right. You're right. But we are told, uh, you know, the believers are told to judge. Spiritual man makes judgment of First Corinthians uh, in a couple of passages. And it talks about the fact instead of taking people to court, you know, we're going to be judging angels. We need to maybe practice, as Edwin is saying, we need to practice judgment and doing it right uh, in this in this world which is one of the reasons why it suggests don't take and And the other issue I think about not taking a fellow believers to court is that, well, maybe it gives God a, a bad reputation or at least Christianity. <laughs> but um, when we look at this though, Val, when you say man should be able to judge or to have judgment, are we, are we talking about using the good senses that God provides us or are we talking about looking at the uh, sins or uh, misgiving or uh, of others, and you know the way the way that you stay out of situations that uh, get you in a position to be judged by yourself or anyone else is to use good judgment before venturing into those things. <laughs> so you think it thinks before you do. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, correct. That's a that's a great idea. I wish I'd do that more often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we all do, but yeah, that's that's good. Having good judgment prior to to the act is yeah. yeah is probably more beneficial than judging after the fact. Sure. Yeah. 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 Just a thought. I think it's a good thought. Yep, I think it's the same direction I was kind of going. 
And uh, you know, I, I, I will tell you this. I, I've just mentioned in in that on believers. This is on page two, First uh, Corinthians five. I, I didn't put it down because it's the entire chapter. So you can read the entire chapter. I just tried to you know cherry pick some of the passages. We'll get into First Corinthians. We've only got another six or eight or maybe 10 weeks to get through James. I'm just kidding. I don't know idea <laughs> to take, but, um, you know, you guys asked for it. You asked, you asked for me to do James. I tried to tell you this was not a good idea from my perspective, but we're doing it. <laughs> and, um, and, and by the way, Gary is traveling today. Uh, he's one of the reasons you guys are stuck with James, him and Tom Cattell. It's your two fault. You can you know, I'm, I'm just letting the blame where it belongs, guys. You know, I'm judging you. <laughs> are you are you saying you want to leave them a note on the podcast? No, yeah, I'm leaving a permanent <laughs> note on the podcast. <laughs> and I, I indicated to uh, to uh, Gary, he's driving back today from uh, uh, Memphis. He was down with the grandkids and his son and, and daughter-in-law. And uh, I said to him, I said, well, you know, if you really were uh, on target, you'd just tune in on uh, zoom on your on your phone you know and 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 listen to us all the way on your driving but you know he didn't have the didn't have the desire to do so so i don't know (laughs) anyhow there is a sense to which we are told to to judge and i think the issue comes back to uh, to uh it starts all the way back in in um matthew chapter uh um seven which i don't think i don't know if i put it on my list here Nope, I didn't. Uh, it although it is, yeah, it is uh, being in hypocritical versus uh, uh, and, and how we judge inappropriately. But in chapter seven, we're told of uh, Matthew, uh, we're told that to uh, to judge whether or not a a, a prophet is uh, uh, somebody in sheep's clothing, but maybe is a wolf, you know, in sheep's clothing. And it goes on to say in seven sixteen in Matthew. It says, uh, by your, their fruit, you'll recognize them. And it goes on to point out that, you know, that uh, you, don't, you don't pick grapes off of thorn bushes. You pick grapes off of grapevines. You, you don't get figs off of thistles. You get figs off of fig trees, you know. And um, so you can tell if a person is, uh, uh, you know, how they are based upon the fruit that they and, and that they produce, and and I think that uh, one of the things I told this young man is when we were talking, I said we're we're called to be fruit inspectors. In other words, judge whether or not somebody's telling the truth, or, or whether or not they're following God closely based upon the fruit they produce. Um, if you're producing fruit of righteousness, um, chances are you are a believer. You know, so. Um, is that uh, any thoughts on pages one or two? Any questions about that before we go on? Question. So you're Val, you're saying yeah. that we're we're called to judge their actions. Yes, sir. Not it's hard to much. judge a person's motives. You think? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I can remember as Maybe. a as a pastor, when I was pastoring, uh, uh, as a senior pastor, and I would, one of the things I did is I would write, I think every week, I think I wrote a, a, a blog and I'd post it uh, on the church website, you know, for them, for people to read. And 
I can remember someone being all upset over something I had, I had written and uh, took it to the elders. And I said, well, first of all, here's, here's why I wrote it. It was an issue that needed to be addressed in the church. And I didn't name names and I didn't come down to anybody. I just said, here's what scripture says. And, you know, you need to address it. And uh, the fact that you, that you, you know, went to the elders versus coming to me uh, with your questions probably indicates kind of your spiritual condition right now. Because <laughs> Matthew 5 and Matthew 18 says, if you got a problem, go to the person that had the problem, you had the problem with first before you go to the elders. You know? So, yeah. The, so, so yeah, when, a, when a judge makes a judgment, there's a sentence. So uh, is this like an individual judgment, which probably doesn't mean very much? Or is this like a, a judgment by the leadership of the church, which which today doesn't mean very much, which back then it probably did? I, I, I'm trying to understand the context of, of judging here. Well, I think that, you know, one of the things that we want to judge is we want to judge uh, specifically teachers. You know, when somebody says something for the pulpit, or the stage or whatever term you want to use for, you know, when they're teaching, are you doing a job of checking to make sure that, that what they're saying is true and, and faithful to the word of God? Are you being as in the book of Acts when, when uh, Paul recommends the Bereans because they checked to make sure that he was telling the truth? Are you doing that? That's a, a form of, if you will, uh, verifying the fruit, you know, is it true? Is it, is it honest? Is it, you know, is it, is it telling us, is it adding to our understanding of scripture or is it confusing the issue? Um, so, we, you know, at the end of the day, we're not told, we're told to deal with people who are in sin. When we get into first Corinthians, we're going to find out that, that uh, Paul says, look, you know, you need to deal with this. You don't need me to come there and deal with it. But when you deal with it, there's a person that's in, in sin. They need to be put out of the church. Now, you go to them first. You don't just automatically put them out of the church. You try to do exactly what we'd say. Go to Galatians 6, talk to them, address the issue. Uh, once that's been addressed, then if it's still, if you're still at odds, go to the church, go to the leadership. And if it still doesn't happen after you've gone through that process, then you know obviously they're told to put them out of the church if they're unrepentant. If they're repentant, we're told to forgive them, and and it's you know we're told in I think it's in the end of James that we cover a multitude of sins by our love. That's because sins have been forgiven. It isn't because we've decided to ignore the sin. Are we ever told to ignore sin? No. No, really. So we we, we have to address it. That's probably the toughest thing to have to do when you have to address somebody that's in sin. Well, it's the oh. stuff is addressing yourself in sin. Well, that, yeah. And a lot of times I think we are <laughs> in the process of deceiving ourselves. Remember David and, and, uh, uh, and Bathsheba mm -hmm. kind of convinced himself that he was doing all the right things. You know, it's like every time he tried to correct his situation, it got worse and worse. And it takes a prophet to come to him and the prophet Nathan and says, uh, dude, that's you we're talking to. <laughs> that, that stealing somebody's little sheep and you got an entire flock. I kind of, yeah, I kind of think that's part of the basis for the whole thing is that you can't really do very good job of judging yourself. 
that you need reference from others to okay. put you back on track. Sometimes the word of God convicts us. Sometimes we have to have it mentioned to us or right. brought to our attention because we're deceiving ourselves. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. Right. Right. Very, well, yeah. Everything outside. Yeah. 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 Larry, you started to go somewhere with this? Well, so I'm just thinking of the time when uh, Jesus, you know, so who, who's our example is the judge, is the judge. And, and, and that when the woman was thrown before him, caught in the act of adultery, right? And neither mm -hmm. do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. He, you know, I'm just trying to think in my mind uh, what examples we have of God judging. And, you know, of course, we have the white throne, the great white throne and the right. bema seat. Yep. And I'm thinking, like, excuse me, like Ananias and Sapphira, you know, when, yep. when they, but. Uh, you also got they, Jesus uh, condemning the Pharisees over there, calling them a, a brood of vipers. But was that, was that a, I, I'm thinking of a judgment as a judge, like sitting on a, on a bench in front of. Oh, a, okay. Uh, right. you know, judge versus, you mean punishment, no punishment. You're talking about just the actual action and not the actual punishment. Right. This, this little word judge, judge or judging is, is huge. Actually, it's a big can of worms and it can yeah. mean like lots of different definitions. Well, and I think you're right. I think our, our particular society says, oh, well, we'll judge them and fix the problem right away. We'll punish them. We'll take care of it or something. And I don't think we're supposed to necessarily take care of it. I think we're supposed to identify it. You know, I think we're also supposed to help them if we if if we're allowed, right. to, which is what right. Galatians six is about. I think one of the other things is sometimes we get we get confused on the on the term judge. There's a a book that we spent some time on a, about a year ago called the Book of Judges, and we found out that judges is a, a judge was someone who was not just judging someone for evil, but was also helping to lead as a leader, right? Hmm. Yeah, were selected by God to help lead the, the nation and to judge, hopefully rightly, judge from the sense of saying this is right and this is wrong, but also from the sense of here's what we need to do and, and hopefully being a good example. Although a few of them weren't all that great examples, were they? No, they probably were. What not to do. Yeah, what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the old saying: "Do what I do, what I say, not what I do." Yeah. Right. Well, are yeah. we? The Bible. <laughs> I just heard somebody, and I and I think it was Edwin. I don't know most of you guys. I'm sorry, and I don't know your voices, but he mentioned something. I think that I used to get caught up in the purpose of judging is, in my opinion, is not to deal out punishment. It's. Um, sometimes just to correct mm -hmm. get someone back on course and you can even judge good acts with praise can't you sure yeah that that would be yeah 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 i think that's the part of love that you get yeah. go ahead rick say it up oh what i was going to say is are we are we to look for people to judge <laughs> I mean, or are we supposed to go around? Uh, with yeah, look, like, ah, well, he's okay today, and now I'm gonna. What I'm asking for is because nobody's ever judged me, I don't think, and they must oh. be pay off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have you have no need of judgments, Rick. We're we're good. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have another one today. Is that yesterday was Val's uh, birthday? So oh, 
Happy birthday. So you're judging Happy me. Happy birthday. Yeah. You're judging me. I am now 66, so I am now officially an old man. Yes. So, oh, man. I get What's that? I used, tell, I used to tell people you don't you only have one birthday, but you have all anniversaries after that. Well, that's true. <laughs> and, and for the longest time, I, I was having anniversaries of my 29th birthday. And then I eventually had to move it up to my 39th and my 49th. And now I just said, okay, I'm going to stick with 66 and just be done with it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So this is this is a multiple of 66. Yeah. You could have done this. You're not just right? 66, right, Val? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I was 66 right. yesterday. 66 years old. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we could do, then Thanks we, for helping to point that out to me. Then we could so do like the Europeans. In a couple of months, I can apply for a full uh, unemployment. You know, no, then no, we could no, do like the, uh, Social Security. That's the term. That's right. I always get those two confused. Then we could do like the Europeans. They figured you're in your 67th year because you've already lived 66. That's right. That's exactly oh, right. Thank you for making me feel even older. <laughs> I appreciate that. You guys just, are just remember getting old privilege that's not afforded many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, God sets up governments for judgment. He yes. Sets up, he's, remember, he said, you need to obey the law. Those governments God has set up to do certain things, right? Yeah, right. that's that's a, that's a, yeah. And that's one of the <laughs> things that, that we need to pray for our government, that it does things, what it does what they were designed by God to do. Amen. There are times when I think our government tends to overstep its bounds, but it's not like we we ourselves don't ever ever overstep our bounds, right? No, never. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that anybody in this group thinks the government oversteps its bounds, Val. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Tom, that's that's a poor Thanks judgment, Tom. I want to reference that right now. Okay, you know that's on a recording. I just want to we want you to know that that's, that's for posterity. Oh my goodness! He's going to go into Whitsack, Matt. I couldn't. I sense. couldn't help myself. Uh, I noticed that. Yeah. So we're told to judge we're ourselves. Not judging Tom. We're told to judge ourselves, aren't we? Because if we don't, we're going to judge more harshly. And 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 Tom. I'm just saying, you need to judge yourself. <laughs> Tom's, Tom's got that uh, funhouse mirror. How do we, you know, I think, I think one of the things that, that for me is, is, uh, was helpful was that we often judge inappropriately. And there's a whole host of reasons why that might be. And part of it is that we tend to, we try to judge motives, which was Keith was referring to earlier. We try to judge motives uh, rather than actions. Um, and I, I, you know, this passage in our Proverbs was kind of interesting. You know, he who answers before listening, uh, that is his folly and his shame. And I, I have to tell you, there are times that, um, that seems to apply to me, you know, with certain, especially around certain people, they'll try to start saying a, an answer or give me a, a question, and I'll assume I know what the question is before they've finished. And I'll answer the question. I go, that's not what I was asking. Isn't that <laughs> Which means that I was too busy trying to answer before I was, you know, which comes out of that, James, about being quick to listen and slow to speak. 
which is another problem that I have, it seems like. And then I like the passage out of First Corinthians, don't do anything before it's appointed time. Kind of reminds me of that old Bartle and James commercial about wine. You know, don't judge it before it's time. It's got to, got to ferment. Okay, I realize no one, no one understood that or, or appreciated it. Okay, I did. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> that goes way back. That goes way back. I, remember, I do yeah. remember the commercial. <laughs> yeah, I really. Well, you know, now that I'm officially old, so you know, I can. I'm. You're referring to the past you know, a lot. <laughs> That's like 1980s. Yeah, Probably. Larry and I. Larry and I were in diapers, right? <laughs> no, no, not not, no, not in the eighties. I graduated. I know. I'm just kidding. All right. But I think so, I think Val. That's they Val. I think that's like my biggest question is when do we judge? Right. Like going back to some things Larry said, and you said it's we could judge all the time. Judgment is a big can of worms. In order to help someone, you have to judge. You mm -hmm. have to come to realization that they need help. That in itself is judgment. But when do you follow through on it? How do you, I mean, wars are, are started because the perception of what makes God happy and, and differences in that opinion. How do we, it's the when part that's, I know we have the to. The when comes along with, comes along with, uh, with the whole part of how we judge. We do it with humility. We do it with grace. We do it in truth. Honestly, with love, you know, I think part of the problem is that we, if we're angry, we're going to make a wrong judgment, or at least we're going to be too harsh in our judgment. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when you, when you discipline a child, we're told, you know, don't, if you do it in anger, you're probably going to do it wrong. I know none of you have ever disciplined a child inappropriately. I understand. That's oh, yeah, good. just last night. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, really. No, they're not awake yet. It'll be there. No. I think. I, I think I we think all want to be. I think we all want to be judged in mercy. Yeah. Right. Right. Great. Which I think is the, the issue yeah. is how you know sometimes when our when our at our our hottest point of our anger is probably not a good time to do judgment. Yeah. You know, I have a question. Sorry, Keith. What did you say? I said I have a question. Um, yeah. If someone, um, <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I'm, this may be a dead horse. You guys beat to death a couple times. Uh, if, if you're driving down the road and somebody does something and cuts you off or does something and you uh, give them the salute and a beep and some verbal uh, correction to his action, <laughs> you, uh, yeah. you just judge that person? Could. You could be. Well, I, I'm sure that you're you're doing it probably in anger. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, if you, I'm you not sure. Don't know I'm not sure the anger. You know, I'm not sure. Sometimes you're judging as much as you're just mad at them for what they've done. You know, they and they probably either broken the law or or at least ticked you off. You know, because they cut you off or something or other. And sometimes that's a matter of manners. You know, appropriate road road manners. I which think you have to be the right. I think you have to be completely committed to the action, your, your resolve. If you feel like, oh, they cut me off, they did it on purpose, something like that, you got to be completely committed to that thought. But 
there are circumstances where somebody cut you off for no reason because you don't know it. Maybe they're trying to get to the hospital. You know, something you have to kind of. Yeah, sometimes you don't see a person. You cut them off accidentally. You know, I mean, That's obviously, we yeah, any of those to try to indicate that. But right. there have been times when I've, you know, someone's gotten mad at me because I did something that was, you know, that was that, that cut them off. And it, it, sometimes it was unintentional. You know, it's like I, I didn't mean to. It's, I'm sorry. You know, you do one of those things. I'm, you know, my bad or, you know, whatever. You admit that you, you did it wrong. Sometimes you say no. I, you know. Well, I think we just slipped into what my point was. Um, Edwin, I think your box was lighting up, but um, you said, we got to know why they did it. Well, you're judging motives then. Well, I think motives, sometimes you, you have to, you have to understand the person, which means that we have to understand where they're coming from. So part of that is getting a sense of understanding their action. You know, it's like when I was in India, um, I was, you know, Indians don't do things the same time, you know, you know, we were told, oh, be down there at such and such time, because we're going to go, you're going to go to the village, and I'm going to speak at a, you know, whatever. So I'm down there waiting for them at the time early, you know, and then it takes another half hour or so before we actually get around to going, because they just, they, they're just not time oriented. Well, once I understand that they're not time oriented, I can I can make allowances, and I'm not sure if I'm judging them or not, but I'm at least saying, okay, I understand your <laughs> your culture is different than mine, so you know I have well, to. I need you're, to be careful. Yeah, you're tempering your emotional response. You know, yeah, based on and I'm not sure that that's, a, if that's judging as much as I'm just trying to understand. You know, it's like uh, in Cuba, Cuba, you know, like you go to a wedding in Cuba, it could be an hour later than what they see on their on the card. You know, they say the wedding is to start at one o'clock. Well, one o'clock is when they get there to start decorating the church. <laughs> Seriously. And, you know, that's, that's acceptable. Uh, Gary hasn't been here, but uh, isn't here today. But he he was he and I were talking, and I think he's mentioned to the group. He used to go down to Brazil, and you know he was all about business. Let's do business. Let's do this. And for them, before they ever got down to business, they had a time of getting to to know each other. They'd have a, a they'd have dinner and and a party and and you know socialization long before you got around to business. For those of us. They're from a, a you know what what I term cold uh, climate cultures. We're much more clock oriented. If you're more in the more industrial you are, the more clock oriented you are as well, you know. And so for us, it you know. But once you understand that that for them to do business, they need to know who they're doing business with. They're not just going to sit down and do business. Yeah, I think that. I think, think that. The thing. The big thing that the big thing that I think that people forget is that the closer you get to God, which is basically what he wants, the more you're able to identify, separate sin from the person. <laughs> and he's able to do that perfectly, which we cannot do. Yeah. You know, and, but I think that's what happened as we age as a Christian. I think we become a little more merciful because we get closer to him and we're able to 
see things as he sees things because we can we can separate the sin from the person we you know we're able to do that closer the closer well put, we can. george hmm? what was that keith well put well put yeah, yeah. i think it comes I, I, I always i i sort of like take what he just said and i put it to the um the whole anger in the parking lot going into church the anger of <laughs> um you know, driving around and getting cut off that you guys were talking about. And I, and, uh, I, I think I use that. It's like we, everyone talks about that kind of stuff from the stage. So then come on, dummy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why don't you do what you, you're, you're being taught? Don't be so judgmental about those people. So. Well, hey, there's a word from uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Anger is more useful than despair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> you know, I think that, that uh, Keith, to, to, to kind of, uh, one of the things that George was saying about, you know, being the more closer we get to God, the, the more merciful we are. I think, I think what I, for me, one of the things I found is that as a young man, and I can speak that now as an elder, you know, now that I'm 66. Um, 67. <laughs> 60, 67. You're on your way to 67. Yes, I am on my way. Thank you. Thank you for making me feel even older, George. Uh, You're closer to Social we'll Security. Take a nap as soon as we're done here. Um, is that, uh, you know, when I was younger, I saw uh, everything was black and white. Everything was black and white. And it was really clear. <laughs> And, and as I got older, I don't know if my eyesight just got fuzzy or what, but I started seeing a whole lot more gray. And the, 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 the lines of, you know, when scripture says this is a sin, I still believe that's a sin. Okay. But, but on some of these issues, I started realizing there was some gray area. And, you know, it comes back to, there were a whole series of times in my life that this happened. I, I visited a church. I was looking for a new church home. I was in between ministries. And um, I, I, I visited this church and I'm going, you know, I, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could handle some of the things about the church. I just wasn't, wasn't where I was at, you know, in, in, in culturally. And then I had a visit from that church and it was somebody that visited me that was one of the people that I know that was certainly different than I was in, in a, from the cultural perspective that we were, I was talking or I'm talking about. And I, and, and they sat in my home and talked to me. And the more that we talked, the more I realized, you know, I think they love God more than I do. They're closer to him than I am. And I'm thinking, wow, uh, I would have never thought that. I thought that what they were doing was so wrong that it was just, very apparent to me that, you know, that they couldn't be in God's will. And here I find out they actually seem to love God more than I do. Hmm. And, and, and then double that when I went down to, again, I was raised in a place where alcoholic beverages was an absolute no-no at totally. Just the way I was raised from the time I was a small child until I was, you know, a lot older. And I, here I am, when I'm doing my doctoral work. and I'm sitting down for the first meal with my cohort. We're at a restaurant. These people love God. They have the same passion that I do to know more about God and what we're trying to study and what we're trying to figure out. And we go around the table and the waitress comes 
And everybody but two of us ordered alcoholic beverages. And I'm thinking, I'm no longer in Kansas. Toto, <laughs> I'm no longer in Kansas. And you know what? They love God. I think some of them have a better handle on theology than I do to this day. And that's why you joined the Whiskey Rebellion? Is that what Yeah, happened? absolutely. That's why I joined the Court. <laughs> well, wasn't Court. it? Court, I'm yeah. sorry, but any, I, I, any was raised, storm. I was raised Lutheran, and our Lutheran minister said that um, Martin Luther said, if there's no beer in heaven, I don't want to go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He, so. he had some great... Uh, he had some great comments there once in a while. I also love the fact that he, he his uh, his enemies used to say he's about Martin Luther. They used to say that he's singing his people into his theology because he wrote all these great songs, you know, and and put them to tunes that they all knew. <laughs> and I think yeah. he's the same guy. Day, that, he's the same care, guy Jay. that wanted yeah, to throw. Off, guys, we understand. Yeah, he was the same guy that wanted to throw James out of the Bible. Well, you thought it was a straw pistol, yeah, because yeah, it yeah. just wasn't quite as, yeah, <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, good for him. Hey, we didn't get too far uh, and everything, and that's fine. I just wanted to, uh, you know, I think the, the final thing that as we, yeah, we got to go, I know for you, if you have to go, that's fine. But I just think on, on non-disputable ma uh, matters, we need to be very careful and judge. We need to give grace on things that are non, that are disputable. And again, I, I would uh, venture again to talk about thinking of a uh, of a target with a series of concentric lines and a bullseye in the center. The center is what we have to be concerned about. That's those are non-disputable issues. Amen. And as we get further and further out from the central core, we have to allow for some grace in some areas. We might not agree with it. You know, I might not agree with the way you decide to baptize, but doesn't mean I don't believe you're not a, that you're not a believer. I might not agree with the way that you do communion, but it doesn't mean that it's not appropriate. I, I went to, when I, back when I was in college, I was traveling in a, in a corral uh, in, in throughout the uh, uh, United Kingdom. And I can remember I was in Northern Ireland at a Presbyterian church and they did communion. They did communion so, so different than what I was used to. And it was similar to what the what I experienced when I was in Anglican churches or even in Catholic churches. They would have they had a common cup, and they would they had they literally passed the cup uh, throughout the pews, which was kind of interesting. And it was it was it was wine, you know. And I would and I had been raised that that was inappropriate, even in college. You know, I was where where I was at. That was a big no no. And here we are. And this is one of the churches that we agreed with, and we're there supporting as a college morale. And they're giving us wine for communion. I'm going. This is interesting. You know, how do we how do we do this? And uh, so yeah. So the issue of of non disputable, we need to give them give them some grace, and we we need to expect grace from others too. Yeah. In non-disputables, or in disputables, excuse me. In right. non-disputables, don't. So the issue comes down to, and again, I would go out of Matthew. I'd also go out of, uh, read Romans uh, chapter uh, uh, 14. But if you notice in, in Matthew on the page on page four, just point this out. 
In verse 16 of Matthew chapter 7, it says, by your fruit, you will recognize them. And in verse 20, it says, by your fruit, you will recognize them. Remember, I, I mentioned to you in your notes there, and I, you've heard me talk about this. It's what we call an inclusio in scripture. And inclusio, for those of you who either have forgotten or maybe have never heard that term, simply means that in, the, in, in ancient times, in biblical times, it was tough for us to know uh, when something was really important. So one of the ways that, that authors would do that is they would, uh, they would say bookend the important information. And so you knew that you had this phrase and you had this phrase and it means everything in between there is really, really important. And it was one of the ways that they did that is uh, by uh, inclusio. Um, so th in this particular passage, you see an example of that. Uh, Jesus and Matthew uh, use this uh, to point out that everything from verse 16 through verse 20 is super important. And it goes on to say, by your fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So the issue there is that good fruit, good trees produce good fruit. And if you're picking bad fruit from a tree, it's probably a bad tree. Yeah, I know that's been helpful for me. I noticed when I read some of the Psalms, they have the same yep. issue in that yep. a lot. There's a lot of inclusions in the Psalms. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> yep. There's a, another one. Another one that we talk about is a chiasm. and We won't dig, get into that, but it has to do with the way things are ordered and the order that they're done. And again, it's for the idea of making sure that you understand that the central core is the center of the chiasm. So it's a progression towards the center and then a progression out from the center. And we, we looked at that specifically in, um, um, what do we deal with, Hosea. We had so, saw all kinds of chiasms, but Jesus occasionally does a chiasm too. And uh, it's a, a poetic uh, uh, way of dealing with things. Again, it made perfect sense in the ancient world for us, it's like, well, why didn't they use, you know, why didn't they use italics and bold and, you know, different colors? Well, because they didn't have computers, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a little tough uh, to do that. So today we, we underline and, uh, you know, that wasn't uh, something that the authors did um, back in those times. All right. So hopefully that helps. Anyone, anyone want to... Hey, feel free to have at your well, you know, non-disputable. All those issues appear to be you know, internal to the church type issues. Okay. Now, and I'm thinking there are external issues. I'm thinking primarily of like abortion. That's, that's politics, and but it's not just politics. It's murder. Well, one Psalm 139 so, seems to address that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess, yeah, I just a little fuzzy in my thinking, trying to understand, you know, so you're separating between, between external and internal issues and then how to deal with these external judgments. So you know that abortion is wrong yep. and now how to act upon it. And I think the, the issue is, remember, that while it's a sin, we've got to be careful about making sure we, we deal with the people that, that are involved in it. Sometimes 
it has long lasting consequences in the life of, of a female who uh, decides to abort their baby. Um, you know, some people it doesn't bother. Other people it bothers greatly. And there's been all kinds of studies about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, having a, when I, when I was in the church that I was raised in, if a woman had a child out of wedlock, you know, they were considered uh, horrible. You know, and they, they were basically branded with, a, you know, the scarlet letter, if you will. Um, and um, instead of adultery, it was abortion. Well, that's different as an individual, but in mass, when, when there are hundreds of thousands of deaths of, of you know, in, in, this, in our country, you have the right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, right to life. Uh, what's, what's more precious than someone that can't defend themselves? So, True. Uh, but, you know, the, I'm not the looking at it is, from an individual perspective, per se. And I think that I think the way that you change that is you change the heart. It always comes back to changing the heart. You can make a hard and fast rule, and hard and fast rules sometimes just don't work. I'll give you an example. I think we called it prohibition. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, you can't legislate morality, but how do you change the culture? You change the culture by changing the heart of the individual. But we also have something called capital punishment. True. You know, I mean, you, you say, well, you can't impose religious rules on the culture. Well, you know what? We do. <laughs> if, if somebody Again, murders somebody, we were, you either lock them up or you execute them. Yeah, our, um, our, uh, our system of government, our system of laws is based upon a Judeo-Christian ethic. And, uh, you know, sometimes we, uh, we, we struggle against that. Some of our folks. A lot of worms in the can. Yes, there are. And it won't get fixed totally until we get to heaven. Anybody who thinks otherwise, until Jesus returns, it's not going to be perfect. And think about this. when he, Again, from my theological perspective, Jesus comes, sets up a government. It's a thousand-year reign. At the end of a thousand years, there's a rebellion. Jesus does everything perfect, and there's still a rebellion. Why? Because people who are non-believers will sometimes rebel against the truth. Even when they have a perfect example of a perfect government that Jesus creates. Why? Because they're non-believers. They've never accepted Christ as their Savior. They've never bought into what he offers. I, you know. Probably doesn't I, go very far. What's that? This, this, this rebellion probably doesn't go very far. Oh, it's not, no, it's when, not going to go very far. It's going to be pretty quick and pretty, you know, it's going to be dealt with very quickly. <laughs> When the captain on the other side has a sword sticking out of his mouth, uh, yeah, you don't go very far. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a, yeah. Let's put it this way. I read the end of the book. I know who wins. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very happy with that. I'm happy to be on that side. <laughs> on the other side of that coin, I want to make sure I give grace to people that need grace and mercy when they need mercy. Because... God gave me mercy when I didn't deserve it. This morning, I uh, looked up at when I let the dogs out, looked up at the sky and you, you just see all the stars and it, very, very clear t- this morning. And uh, you look at it's how many there were and how far apart they were. And it's like, I was thinking like, God, you're pretty big, aren't you? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little bigger than we are, right? Sometimes you I lose love perspective. The expression. I don't know who used it. There was it wasn't a musical, but I'm sure it was. It was probably said long before it was in the musical. You know, your arms are too short to box with God, but you can still wrestle. His reach, his reach is a lot longer than ours when it comes to boxing. You know, and that's that's an important thing. Jacob or Israel? Right? Well, Israel, yeah, he wrestles with God and and uh, <laughs> pretty much uh, doesn't. He manages to grasp to grapple with him. You know, it's kind of interesting that uh, God decides, okay, I'm going to just mess with your hip a little bit. He cheated. You're going to be hop along Cassidy the rest of your life, just to remind you. He had an appointment. He had to get out of there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a. The more I study the scripture, the more fascinated I am with it. The more I'm convinced that I'll never figure it all out. Now I know that uh, Tom there. Tom's got it all figured out. So. <laughs> Tom Bach, he's uh, he left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Keith, hey, it's been great having you here today, man. You're, uh, I, I, appreciate I all you, those I questions. Came in to, I came in uh, with your handout and trying to just uh, get a feel of how we're going to approach this in our group come Thursday evening. Um, my gentlemen are a little bit... Um, um, not as polite, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. You know, you, you can't, you got to deal with, you deal with what the cards you have, right? Yeah. And we're dealing a lot with this subject uh, from the backgrounds they come from. Oh, uh, yeah. I think you guys are first responders, aren't they? Well, veterans and first responders. Okay. And, and it's pretty cut. And f the, the rules are pretty clear to them and to us. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm an us. The yeah. rules are clear and you, you don't, um, I'm sorry, there's a line. Yeah. The devil lives in the gray. I'm going to start quoting all the things they say. <laughs> it's, it is a black and white world. The devil lives in the gray. Stop it. Well, when it, when it comes to, when it comes to laws, yeah, there, this is the law and that's a firm, that's a firm line. You, you're, you're absolutely right on that. It's well, not an issue of doctrine that we start to get gray areas. Right. And we, we're working a lot on not, um, I, and I used a driving example for something I learned um, years ago, and I mean years ago, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. It wasn't a good diagnosis, it was a 50-50 deal. And we were coming home from the hospital uh, with that news, and I was, uh, we were both crying. And I pulled into my sub and I ran a red uh, stop sign. Oh. I, I couldn't even see it. And this guy just laid on his, I, he almost T-boned me. <laughs> and all I could do is sit there and go, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, I realized all those other people I would get mad at. What was their story? That's you know? good. That's Why? really good. Yeah. And that taught me so much uh, uh, about grace. I needed it then. And it taught me that the guy who cut me off may be going to the hospital. He may not be, but it's not my, it's not, I'm not judging, you yeah. know, I'm just not going to do it anymore. 
So yeah, that's awesome. where we're at. And I, I really like this sheet. I think we're, and I told my guys that we're going to spend more than one night on it. Is, is that a gray area key? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> there are no grays. Okay. <laughs> well, on those, on some of the issues we're going to, we're going to agree to, uh, I, I, you know, for me, I was always black and white, but as I gotten older, some of the areas, and I'm speaking again, the, theological, some of the areas I decided, you know what, I, I don't, I've learned so much in my studies over the years. I'm going, I'm going to stick with what I know for certain. And on some of these other areas, I'm going to give some grace in those areas and allow people to, you know, their, their perspective. When they get to heaven, God will figure it out. Work it out. Yeah. yeah. I found that it, it actually benefits the person giving the grace more than the person that gets the grace. That's, that's a good, go. that's a good observation. It just, yeah. just let it go and, and gosh, you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's yeah. a whole issue of forgiveness, you know, too. It's, it's like when you learn to, you know, you're not helping the person that you're forgiving as much as you're helping yourself. Absolutely. You're carrying all that baggage, you know, all that anger, all that frustration, you know, and I've found that over the years, some of the people that, that I was angry the most with didn't even remember the issue. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't it. So for me, you know, when I when I forgave them, it was like, oh, it, I was the one that got relief, not them. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Still recording, Val, you know. Hey, you know, uh, thank you, sir. 